Hello, this is Harold Buchanan, and I'm joined by my friend Volko Runke. How are you doing, Volko? Hi, Harold. I'm doing well. Hello, everyone. We're both board members of the Zenobia Award, and we're here today to announce the eight finalists for the Zenobia Award, in addition to two honorable mentions. This is the culmination of consideration of over 145 applicants, 86 proposals, 37 prototypes from a highly diverse group of designers. The vast majority of these designers haven't published anything to date. It's also the culmination of over 100 volunteers playing many roles, including mentors, technical assistants and advisors, judges, board members, and many others associated help uh, to get us to this point. Volko is going to discuss the Zenobia Award and the process that got us here. Volko? Thanks, Harold. So as you may know, the Zenobia Award has as its goal to broaden and diversify historical board gaming, that is, board games that simulate real-world history in, in some aspect. And before we uh, received applications, as the board was designing the contest, we had the concern that, well, we might not um, get very many answers to our call for contestants for such a uh, specialized endeavor. When we got 145 applications, we felt a little bit um, happily uh, overwhelmed, but we knew that we couldn't properly um, support and and, and, and mentor and, and evaluate so many different projects. So somewhat painfully, we first um, narrowed that down based on topic descriptions to uh, just under a hundred different um, projects and asked those uh, designers and design teams to submit concept proposals. We were very happy to get 86 concept proposals from that, which we further had to then um, narrow down to uh, 46 advancing proposals from which we received in June 37 prototype games. So since that time, uh, about 30 volunteer um, Zenobia judges uh, organized into eight judges panels that we tried to make as diverse as we could have been playing and evaluating and scoring those 37 prototypes. And they evaluated them on the basis of six criteria, the richness and fidelity of the history in the game, the originality of the topic and the originality of the mechanics, and the elegance of the game system and the player experience. And based on those scores, we then had a ranking of those 37 prototypes, um, first by raw score received from the judges, and then by scores adjusted for whether or not uh, a given prototype happened to get assigned to a panel that scored a little bit higher than average or a little bit lower than average. Then the board and the chief judges met and based on those overall scores, um, selected the eight finalists that we're going to announce now. And those eight finalists are indeed the top four scoring games on each of those scoring lists, raw and adjusted. In addition, we want to recognize through honorable mention two other prototypes that stood out in the one case for player experience and in the other case for excellent historicity. What will happen to the finalists? They will have another month now to refine their prototypes if they would like, including based on feedback from the judges. And then thereafter, we will go through a final judging round on the same criteria to select three winners of cash prizes. And we will announce those winners on the 15th of October. Harold? 
Thanks, Volko. Without further ado, let's get started with the honorable mentions for the Zenobia Award. A little bit about their game and some comments. So, Volko, if you'd like to get started, you have the floor. Sure. So the first honorable mention is Player's Choice. And this game uh, we selected because it scored a perfect five out of five for player experience. And it was the only one to receive that high score from the judges. And that game is Key Long by Colin Lim. In Key Long, you run a family business in early aquaculture, deciding when to gather in fish, sell them, contract with villages, build a transportation network, invest in factories to process fish, and eventually found sustainable fish farms. Here's a little of what the judges had to say. The game aims to teach players about the establishment of the Singapore fishing industry and the impact of overfishing. As the game progresses, your options open up through new buildings, association advancement, shallow water, deep water, and potential damage from floods, overfishing, and poli uh, political changes add fine tweaks. Now, I happen to have had the chance to play uh, Keelong um, and to uh, try it out with a local board game group that is not uh, made up of um, history buffs or con sim nerds like you and me, Harold. These are uh, mainstream board gamers, if you like. And, and, and they absolutely loved playing Keylong and wanted to know right away where would they be able to get it. So Keylong by Colin Lim, honorable mention for player's choice. So the second honorable mention is the Sotavento campaign by Isaac Rivera. And this is a military-based board game on the French intervention in Veracruz. The French must secure supply lines, establish garrisons, and locate resistance encampments. The Republican side recruits forces, trains them, ambushes, and disrupts French communications. Some commentary from the judges included incredible detail in the units, the order of battle, and the nature of warfare at the time. The use of primary and secondary sources is outstanding. The, the clearly modeled dynamics, uh, the French intervention, logistics, irregular conflicts of the period. The use of blocks evokes the fog of war incentives and are, and, and are historically aligned. And, and I, you know, once again, this is a, a, a wonderful game that we wouldn't have seen, perhaps, if it hadn't been for the uh, Zenobia Award. And, uh, and, and at the prototype stage uh, is, is uh, just going to be a great add to the universe of, um, of historical board games that are available. Absolutely. And I think you'll know from my particular taste as a war gamer, um, any game like this is at the operational level and includes that explicit uh, simulation of logistics. Okay, it's already won a, a place in my heart. But the amazing thing to me, um, uh, you know, a confession on my part, um, Mexico, I'm no Mexico ag expert, but it is right next door. And I will tell you before Zenobia, I had never heard of this campaign. I actually, it was not in my conscience that there was a French intervention in Mexico. And maybe it's because this was going on at the exact same time as the American Civil War that just, you know, has, you know, war gamers and war gaming kind of, you know, distracted and, and focused on that. So I, I have learned uh, quite a bit already and I haven't even played the game. And, and that's another point, Volko, to make about the Zenobia Award. I, I met as an, as an advisor and, and mentor early with the group, and the group was uh, entirely Spanish-speaking. 
So uh, as part of the process, we engaged with uh, others that could could uh, communicate effectively and 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 aid in communication. And uh, I think it's really going to facilitate access that the game wouldn't have had uh, to the U.S. market uh, before the Zenobia Award. So with that said, um, Voco, let's talk about the eight finalists. First, from darkness to light, from Sharia. Ayandini. During Indonesia's struggle for independence, you manage your school, you graduate girls from different islands as politicians, fighters, patrons, or teachers, advance education for women, and fight for the nation's freedom. Some of the commentary from the judges were a variety of unique historical women institutions and events, from actual historical documentation Money, education, reputation, diversity, politics, and battle modeling the balance of resources needed to drive this kind of change, why education is important, and what roles women went on to play. So one of the things that I think is is interesting in this uh, design from Darkness to Light and its topic is it's an example of how um, historical board games can show us complex dynamics in society, such as reinforcing loops, vicious circles, or virtuous circles. So in this one, we have um, the role of education in, in, in elevating women in society and how that feeds into activism um, by those women that can feed into further reform, um, such as of education. So I'm, I'm curious to see um, how, does it, uh, how does it illustrate that, that interplay dynamically and of course, this is not just in terms of some uh, theoretical world, but set in a specific time and place in real world history uh, in, in, uh, in Indonesia from the late 1800s uh, to the early 1900s. So, um, you know, r- real, real people, uh, real institutions and real history. So next is Liberation Haiti by Damon Stone. You play as as enslaved Africans and Maroons who are escaped slaves, fighting for the abolition and equality against the French colonial government, slave owners, militia forces, foreign armies, and even the environment of the island itself. From the judges, the map is clearly well-researched and the cards include a rich sample of historical personages and groups. Card effects are logically tied to the personages and the mechanics plausibly duplicate history and organic with, with organic rules. This is a topic whose effects are still reverberating today and is vastly underserved by the historical gaming community. So Liberation Haiti, and of course, um, if anybody knows kind of my uh, design realm, you'll know that anything that deals with internal warfare, revolution, insurgency, and the like, uh, is going to grab grab my interest. There's so much um, yet to be done in exploring uh, those kinds of movements and 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 fighting conflict uh, in history. And uh, I also know that one of our um, mentors and judges, who is a professional historian and happens to be expert um, in a nearby in a neighboring region, um, thinks the world of this design. Is, is very impressed. Um, by it from a, a historicity point of view. And I understand, Harold, you, you, uh, you uh, rather like it yourself. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I worked as a mentor with Damon early on, and um, his, his, his vision of 
communicating the actual uh, events and individuals involved in the events in Haiti uh, is bringing us a, a topic that um, that that I don't know we would have seen otherwise. And it's, it's a, it's an interesting game. Uh, it's multiplayer uh, or it can be. And, um, and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's what the doctor ordered for a fan of the age of reason and the end of colonialism. So next is Molly house by Joseph Kelly. Work together with gender defying queers to meet the secret in London's Molly house. Plan Molly House events and create joy in the face of opposition by the Societies for the Reformation of Manners, informers, and the risk of arrest. Judges comments, this is a very different subject and expands the coverage of the LGBTQ plus history in a novel direction. It's a successful model for the activity and history. There's a rich amount of work that is obvious um, in the card details and map. We learned something about the subculture playing. So, you know, like you, Harold, I've long been a uh, fan of 18th century history, 18th century um, European and even British history in particular. And again, I knew absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing about Molly houses or uh, this um, cult cultural or self-cultural movement and, and the the, the activity and the struggle um, going on at that time. So really fascinating uh, and illuminating for me. And what I think I'm going to be interested in seeing when I uh, get to play it is how does that, um, the, the activity of that, that subculture and its effort to keep itself um, flourishing and alive um, undercovers, so to speak, undercover, how does that compare to modern times? How does that compare, or let's say to the 20th century? We usually think about this kind of issue in our own you know, uh, context today. Um, was, it, um, was it better in some ways, worse in some ways in the 18th century compared to the 19th century or the 20th century or today? I, I, have, I have absolutely no idea. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to learn a lot from playing Molly House. So next is Orange Shall Overcome by Marcel Kohler. Use teamwork and make the best, make the personal choices of characters based on real world members of the resistance against the German occupation of the Netherlands. And the judge's comments were great research and historical depth, very impressed with the direct link to the designer. It personalizes the event it's a game that leaves you wanting to learn from your mistakes and choose a different path if a future game offers the same situation. Orange shall overcome. So uh, conflict simulation games have no shortage of games uh, set in European World War II. And, and here's another one. Um, but here we have not just a historical struggle, but we are zoomed in on individuals and not just, you know, archetypical individuals, but real historical personages that I understand in some cases, there are even some um, connections to, to the designer. And so um, I'm very curious to see um, how does that help bring um, the, the world of the resistance fighter in World War II alive? You know, this, many of the games that we look at, the vast majority of the games that we looked at, Volko, were very early in the prototype stage. And we judge them accordingly, right? Our expectations weren't that they would be polished or perfect or 
or even finished in their designs. Um, but this this design really came across as a very uh, polished and finished work, and and one of the, you know one of the few that um, I think uh, the designer uh, Marcel had been working on for such a long time. Um, I don't know that 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 didn't change the probability of success for Marcel, but um, you know it's 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 a game that shows very well and uh, and also plays very well. So next is the season by Lauren Inno. As head of a landed gentry family during England's Regency era, manage the activities and education of your household's young ladies while maintaining their reputation, health, finances, marital status, and skills. The judges' comments were the game is well-researched and cited, and this research can be seen in all aspects of it. The spaces are historically relevant, but also clearly tied to effects in-game, and the placing of workers feels like a logical abstraction of available time. The representation of the lady as a deck of cards is also an intuitive model. So we have um, some original mechanics applied to the real life history of a, you know, a period and a, and a social endeavor that is, is much uh, represented in uh, fictional literature, right? In, uh, in, in fictional literature of the, of the era. And so I'm uh, uh, expecting that players of the season are gonna enjoy comparing um, this model of real world history and the, just the organization um, of that endeavor to um, the, the stories and characters in the novels that, that, uh, that the world enjoys so much. Next is Tyranny of Blood by Ekar Bharadvaj. Indian caste system under British colonialism during the rise and fall of colonialism and ensuing social displacement shaped the nation state to your caste's advantage with its own actions and paths to victory. The comments from the judges are victory conditions and the asymmetry definitely tackled the history of caste as well as trade, military relations, colonialism. The cast focus elevates it in novelty relative to other designs on Indian social colonial history. The Jati chart and the way the subsystems tie together, as well as the fifth player, British action, are all quite novel. So tyranny of blood uh, about the Indian casteism. Here's another example of what I think board games can do so well, and that is to show and help us um, get into and understand how so many things in life in society are interrelated. So we're gonna be thinking about and, and, and playing in this uh, game, castes in India as an interest group. Well, they're affected by what the other castes are doing in the, in the same social political um, tumult. And that's tied to, to trade and military relations, as well as of course the British and, and colonialism. That's a lot of different factors to try to understand, well, how do those things result um, in, in, in a social system um, staying the same or changing. And so that's what I hope to, to get to understand by playing Tyranny of Blood. Next, we have Winnie Colsey by Alison Collins. Historians have argued for decades over the function of Machu Picchu, swayed between re-examined evidence and charismatic historians building elaborate myths. Explore this enigmatic wonder and challenge your perception of history. 
Comments from the judges included, this perspective is very fresh. A game about Machu Picchu typically deal with a lost city in Spaniards and can ride on the coattails of the scientists or boldly strike your own path forward, collaborate with others or bury them. It really did feel like the experience that some of us had in the academic world. So I am um, so thrilled to see Winye Kause um, among the finalists. Um, I haven't had the, uh, the chance to play it and, and now I will. It's, I think for me, the most intriguing idea for, for a game. Um, that, that I've seen in, in the contest. And it's because it's not just um, history, it's the history of history, or more specifically, the history of archeology span uh, and how that is, 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 is pursued, uh, written and made in a specific uh, period. And we find out that, that science like, like archeology, span um, a science like archeology, span it's not like just dry procedures and one fact leads to the next. Oh no, it's a completely human endeavor that is riven with personal ambitions and rivalries and uh, 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 cognitive bias and a popular romanticization. Um, and, and this all plays out among the, the, the players um, as, as they decide um, for their careers as archaeologists and historians, um, how to proceed in terms of um, the you know which theory about Machu Picchu to advance. So I just can't wait to play it. And the eighth finalist is Winter Rabbit by Will Thompson. Explore a pre-Columbian economic system based on reciprocity and community need rather than supply and demand. Prepare your Cherokee village for winter as a trickster rabbit of Cherokee lore disrupts your work. And the comment from the judges, the history comes from telling of a story using symbols and the uncertainty of the winter rabbit, an effect that all control. A powerful centuries-old narrative develops. The resulting story is a rather special gift from the Cherokee culture. A fable is tribal history that makes for a most interesting game. So Winter Rabbit to me illustrates something that I've, I've run into in my own historical game design, and that is the, the role of, of, of lore in, in, in history. I mean, understanding history, of course, is not just understanding um, facts, but it's understanding contemporary perspective, perspectives, because those perspectives, of course, uh, affected behavior. So for me, if I want to simulate, you know, some uh, regime's military strategy sometime in the past, I have to take into account what was the lore that affected that regime's strategy. And so in Winter Rabbit, we get to explore that um, literally um, by having uh, lore about a, a Winter Rabbit character affect what these villagers do to run their economic system. And I'm just going to find that very, I find that very fascinating. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting game. Basing a game on a fable that is used to help a community prepare for winter, but also to prepare for the uncertainties that can occur in, in that preparation is, uh, is, is so interesting. And one of my favorite parts about this game is just reading the rule book. Because the rule book addresses all of the issues with the fable with, with a lot of color about what's going on and why and the perspectives 
of the community. So I, I think this, uh, this game is a, is a real gem and, and one of the more unique games, something that I really didn't expect to come out of the Zenobia award. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about where this game is. Well, thanks Volko. That's a wrap for the introduction to the Zenobia finalists. If you'd like to learn more about the Zenobia Award or participants, you can watch the Zenobia website, zenobiaaward.org. We'll also discuss the Zenobia Award on Twitter. You can also find Volko and I there as well as many of the other designers and volunteers. Our goal is to announce the winner and two runners up on October 15. We're also looking forward to mentoring many of these participants to get their games introduced to publishers and get them published. The rights are all theirs. We will help them as much as they are interested. Out of our 37 prototypes that we played, there were many, many that I know judges felt um, deserved dedicated development and publication. In fact, many more than we could ever um, name as finalists and, and certainly to provide awards. And so in that regard, my hope and expectation is that um, design teams will continue to work with us, with, uh, with, with, with mentors, and with judges providing feedback, with rules reviewers, and with anyone else associated with Zenobia um, toward uh, toward development and publication if that's what they, uh, the designers are interested in. Thanks for tuning in and keep an eye out for these games and the designers. They deserve all of the support they can get. On behalf of myself, Volko and the Zenobia Award volunteers, we wish you great day. So let me see here. Oh, it gives me a little uh, warning that it's being recorded. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's a nice thing to have, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I have a frog this morning. All right. Um, thank you. Appreciate that. We'll, uh, we'll get started. I was, I'm curious about my sound level. So if you can hear me well, that's a good sign. I can. Very good. And yours likewise. Um, all right. So here we go. <clears throat> Let's give it a few seconds and then we'll start.